right, glad you're with us. Yep, 89 days. Now the three-month countdown officially has begun. We're in it until you are the ultimate jury. So much at stake. Want to know what's at stake? Liberty, freedom, capitalism, the American dream, the greatest country God gave man, the greatest governmental system ever created by man. Not perfect, but it's the best one. The system that has literally helped all of mankind advancing the human condition because of liberty and freedom and capitalism against what? Radicalized statism that always becomes somewhat tyrannical in terms of freedoms just disappear. That always results in a rapid decline in wealth and prosperity and freedoms diminish as people believe the false hope of socialism and redistributionism. You know what this comes down to? Pretty much everything. Biden uh, speaking out again. Of course, you're here illegally. You should get benefits, you know, health, free health care, blah, 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 blah. Of course. Where do we go through the list of Biden blunders in a minute? You know what it's about? It's about energy, freedom, independence, or dependence. It's that profound. And with the energy... Also, that means 10, you know, 10 million plus career jobs, high paying career jobs for our fellow Americans will disappear overnight. You know what it means? Trillions of dollars on a new green deal. We can't afford this. You know what it means? Higher taxes, you know, literally becoming confiscation of wealth at some point. The only way they're going to begin to pay for it. It's law, it's order, it's safety, it's security. It's all on the ballot. Freedom and capitalism on the ballot. Socialism is on the ballot. You want to you end Washington's stranglehold on business and the individual in terms of bureaucratic uh, uh, dictates and fiats? Well, that's on the ballot, too, because Trump's eliminating them. Biden will embrace them all again. Stranglehold on, on business in this country. Um it's all about judges. They want to stack the courts. They want to get rid of the Electoral College. They stated these things. That's all on the ballot. This is, this is now the tipping point in our lives. Foreign policy is on the ballot. You remember Biden, Obama couldn't beat the caliphate in Syria? Well, they put handcuffs on our military. Donald Trump defeated systematically the caliphate in Syria. Took out Soleimani, Baghdadi, and the Al-Qaeda leader in Yemen. Remember, Biden was even against the raid on bin Laden. Thanks to the intelligence from 43, we found out where bin Laden was. That led us to the courier, which led us to bin Laden. Enhanced interrogation that everybody on the left didn't like. That's on the ballot. Our way of life. You know, I, I, I shudder to think, as Reagan said, and I did the... Reagan Library event last night. I love that. I'm getting to love these virtual events. And I did it last night, and freedom is but one generation away from extinction. Let's not make it, let's not allow this to be this generation. We need to protect that which was given us because that's on the ballot in 89 days. And you're the ultimate jury. You get to decide. And to be honest, people ask me all the time, what do you think? What do you think? Well, we're going to have our posters today. We'll get a snapshot of where we are. Zogby has 
Florida, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, too close to call for anybody. Now, is there a hidden Trump vote or is that factored in? I don't know. I wish I did know. I wish I could say I'm confident that we'll win. I don't trust Democrats. I don't trust the media. You can see that they're ratcheting up their madness, their conspiracy theories, their lies, their slander of anybody that they don't like and they disagree with. That's who they are. That's who they've been from the moment Donald Trump came down the escalator with his wife, Melania. And by the way, it's not just Donald Trump they hate. They hate we, the people, you, the American people that voted for him. Smelly Walmart Trump supporters, shoppers. I like Walmart. You save money at Walmart. Irredeemable deplorables. The the 15%, as Biden said, just, you know, we're pathetic creatures. Whatever his comment was, I got to get a hold of that again. Where do you hear all these things Biden said today? You know, we're the ones that cling to our God, our belief in our God, which our founding document, our declaration, endowed by our creator. You know, the thing, oh, you know, oh, the, the, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men created equal, endowed by, oh, the, you know, but you know the, the thing, the, the thing. By the way, you know what else is on the ballot, whether they want to admit it or not? Joe Biden's health. He looks frail to me. I'm not a doctor. I'm not playing one on radio or TV. He looks frail. After today, he's only moderately begun the process of of doing a, a baby campaign, like a starter campaign. Few appearances here and there out of the bunker basement. And it's a disaster. Yesterday was a disaster. Today was a disaster for him. You know, they asked it about Reagan in 84. You know, does, does Reagan have the mental acuity, alertness to do four more years? He was 73. Biden's 77, he'd be 78. Now, there are many people at that age that are, I know people in their 90s, as sharp as a tack. I would argue Bolshevik Bernie, I, that's not my criticism of him. Bernie's a, a, you know, he's got a load of energy, has it together in every way. He's got a, an energy around the craziness that he believes in. I never thought it would be adopted by the mainstream Democratic Party, but it has been. Biden looks like, you know, he needs a, a glass of hot cocoa and a nap every five minutes. I see him. I he's not. He, listen, if he had a fastball, it's gone. Curveball gone, changeup gone, slow pitch, it's all gone. I don't see it. And he looks frail to me. You have to make up your own mind. I think it's on the ballot. And we went through a lot of this last night, and we're going to go through a lot of it today. But, you know, the American people would decide these things. Now, by the way, I want to invite all of you. So this show ends 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. in the afternoon out on the West Coast. At 6.30, I'd like to invite all of you into a virtual town hall that we're doing. Live Free, it's about the book in part, Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink. I'm going to be interviewed by David Limbaugh, my dear friend. And as I said, 100% free. All you have to do is go to Hannity.com, click on the Join Now button, and you're just a part of it. been doing these. I love them. I can't believe how amazing it is and why I'm telling you long after the book, we're going to be doing more of these online 
as often as I can. Maybe we'll do it after radio some days, after TV some days. Did the Reagan Library virtual last night. It was amazing. Doing the Nixon Library after TV tonight. You know, I'm looking forward to that. And this, by the way, you don't have to buy anything. Just all you have to do is go to Hannity.com, click on it. If, you, if you'd like to get a copy or live free or die, I did the entire audio, by the way, book by myself. Uh, all, read every word of it. Put, try to put my own personality into it because you know my voice. It's much harder than you think. Um, over 20 hours when I went back and did final edits. And you can get, download an ebook, but right now the hard copy is 34% off. I love that you get something at a lower price. I really do. This isn't about money. It's about our country. I, didn't write, I, I swore I'd never write another book. Here I am ten, 10 years later, and I wrote it. And I'm glad I did. I didn't know at the time that that the Democratic presidential candidate would embrace. It was it, you, Bolshevik Bernie used to be thought of as fringe in the Democratic Party. Fringe player, an annoying leftist in the Democratic Party or even separate, not even a Democrat. Well, he's now Biden's economic czar. That frightens the hell out of me. AOC, her radical Green New Deal, Biden's pledging trillions for this madness, trillions of your dollars. And in the process, getting rid of what is the lifeblood of the world's economy, gas, oil, coal, fracking goes away. With, with, by the way, doing that eliminates millions and millions of high-paying career jobs for our fellow Americans. And it will destroy itself, the economy, while they make the ridiculous promises of every other failed socialist experience that everything's going to be free. It's a lie. It's not true. You got your gun confiscation czar in Beto Bozo. Then you got Pelosi and Schumer. Forget it. Talking about getting out of New York. Andrew Cuomo. Yeah, come back. Come back to New York. Please, please. All you rich people, come back. Um, I'll buy you a drink. I'll cook you dinner. If you accept his offer and you go pay the high taxes in New York City that are only going to go higher, in New York State that are only going to go higher, guess what? That drink he's going to make for you and that, that meal he'll cook for you is probably going to cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Stay home. Here's my advice. Go somewhere else. The president requesting a fourth presidential debate before early voting starts. Now, Joe Biden... Remember he said first, oh, of course I've been tested, Kyle. I get tested all the time. That's what he said first, remember? Have you been tested for some degree of cognitive decline? I've been tested and I'm constantly tested. Look, all you got to do is I leave it there because we were running out of time. I'm tested and I'm constantly tested. The beginning of his meltdown happened yesterday when he was asked if he'd take a cognitive test. This is when he starts talking about Oh, come on, man. You take a cocaine test. You know, you a junkie, man. Come on, man. And he goes under this bizarre rant. He says he's looking forward to debating Trump. Well, then accept his offer to debate early. Then he goes on this, you know, well, I can't have, he doesn't know the difference between an elephant and a lion. Listen. But please clarify specifically, have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say to President Trump 
who brags about his test and makes your mental state an issue for voters. Well, if he can't figure out the difference between an elephant and a lion, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Did you watch that? Look, come on, man. I, I, I know you're trying to goad me, but I mean, I'm so forward looking to have an opportunity to sit with the president or stand with the president in debates. There can be plenty of time. And by the way, as I joke with him, you know, I, I shouldn't say it. I'm going to say something I don't. I, I probably shouldn't say. Anyway, I am. Uh, mm -hmm. I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical, and mental, my physical as well as my mental fitness, and uh, to uh, you know to make a judgment about who I am. Come on, man! You're a junkie. Take a cocaine test. Come on, man. Well, I look forward to debating Trump. Really. And American people can judge my physical and mental, f what's that word again? F fitness. Know the difference between an elephant and a lion? Well, today, what do you hear what he said about the African-American community? Wow. What do you hear what he also says about jobs not coming back and being obsolete in America? What do you hear what he says about illegal immigrants what do you hear him flip-flop on eliminating the filibuster? I mean, it was an absolute Adam Schiff show today. It's a disaster. Democrats are talking about it privately. Media mob, privately. America's talking about it openly. Now it's an issue in the campaign, whether they like it or not. All right, as we continue, glad you're with us. Um, invitation again, uh, this radio show ends 6 Eastern, 30 minutes later, 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific. Go to Hannity.com, click on the Join Now, a virtual town hall, uh, all things uh, election 2020. My dear friend uh, David Limbaugh will be doing the moderating questioning. Talk about my new book, Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink. Thank you for launching it at number one uh, this week on Amazon.com. Uh, and by the way, you don't have to buy a book to be a part of it. Just come join us. Hang out with us. Um, ask, ask questions. Feel free. And uh, there's a way to do that, I understand. If, uh, if you haven't gotten a copy or interested in a copy, it's now 34% off on Amazon.com, Hannity.com. It's now in bookstores this weekend if you get around and you like to read it. we did. I did the entire audio myself. Most authors do not. And the um, we have, you know, obviously you can download the ebook uh, version. You can buy that from Amazon, too, I believe. I think so, right? You know. And uh, anyway, so it's a free town hall. Just come join us, 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific. There's so much happening today. I got to get into this NRA lawsuit. It reeks of politics to me. Here we are, 89 days out of an election. Well, what was the NRA likely to spend supporting Donald Trump, which he, whom they called the biggest supporter of the Second Amendment in history? Now, I don't know anything about the internal workings of the NRA or monies. I don't know any of that. Timing? Beyond suspicious to me. You know, really, and, and the AG, New York, we really don't have more important things to do. All right. All these messed up things Biden said coming up next. Join us 630 Eastern, 330 Pacific, free town hall, Hannity.com. Just click on the join now button. All right. Thanks, Scott Shannon. 25 till the uh, top of the hour. Thank you for launching the book. Number one, we uh, that's not why I wrote it. 
I mean, it's nice. It means a lot. This is the definitive. This is what's at stake. This is who they are. This is how what makes us great, what has historically made us great and exceptional as a nation, the history. Socialism, the history of failure, the 2020 fantasy land of agenda, the rise of these radicals. And then, of course, what they've done to this country with the Russia hoax, the lying. What they've done is a, a just a disgrace. It was an attempted coup. After they didn't get, they had their insurance policy after spying on a candidate, then deep into the presidency of Donald J. Trump. And we, it was all bogus, and they all knew it was bogus. They were all warned from the get-go it was bogus. Sally H. yesterday was huge. We'll get back into that, too. We're going to get into this NRA issue, too. Uh, again, a reminder, uh, this radio show ends 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. out on the West Coast. A half hour later, hope you can join us. A virtual town hall. I'm being interviewed by my dear friend, David Limbaugh. We'll talk about anything and everything you want. can ask questions. It's absolutely free. You don't have to buy anything. Uh, if you'd like to get a copy of Live Free or Die, you can get it. It's uh, on sale at Amazon now, 34% off. Hannity.com, Amazon.com. But for the event tonight, 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific, let's go to Hannity.com, click on the Join Now button. It's that simple. So let me get through. All right, so Biden now has finally come out of the woodwork, right? Think about this. Let's go back. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I didn't have time to get it all in. Just a reminder, Biden said um, that he was tested. And he'd been tested constantly. It's what he said. This is the first answer different from the, before the meltdown yesterday. Listen. Have you been tested for some degree of cognitive decline? I've been tested and I'm constantly tested. Look, all, you, all I got to do is watch me and I can hardly wait to compare my cognitive capability to the cognitive capability of the man I'm running against. Okay. I'm get tested constantly. Okay, constantly. This is this is the beginning of the long meltdown. Listen to him yesterday. You know, what, what's, come on, man. What are you, a junkie? You, you get tested for cocaine? What, you know, if he doesn't know the difference between an elephant and a lion, I better not say it. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll look forward to putting up my mental and and my physical. F- 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 what's that word? What's the word? F- uh, oh, fitness. Listen. But please clarify specifically, have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say to President Trump who brags about his test and makes your mental state an issue for voters? Well, if he can't figure out the difference between an elephant and a lion, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Did you watch that? Look, come on, man. I, I, I know you're trying to goad me, but I mean, I'm so forward looking to have an opportunity to sit with the president or stand with the president in debates. There can be plenty of time. And by the way, as I joke with him, you know, it, I, I shouldn't say it. I'm going to say something I don't I, I probably uh-huh. shouldn't say. Anyway, uh-huh. I am uh, mm-hmm. I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness and uh to uh you know to make a judgment about who i am wow he's really looking forward to it except the president his first invitation uh invitation to have a fourth debate before anybody votes 
Let's see how he does. Now, the, I mean, the bar is so low, it shouldn't be that difficult for him, right? Okay, that's that's day one of the meltdown. Now Biden, wow, under huge fire. Now remember, he has this this little problem on the history of race that the mob and the media, and they're never going to talk about or tell you about. You know, his, his comments about, you know, then Senator praising the Southern Democrats, blah, 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 two-party system in the South. I won't say what he said from there. You know, he was um, demanding to know what the senator, this is in, about the busing issue in Newcastle, what the senator was going to do to prevent their children from being reassigned to schools that have been majority black, actively working with desegregationists in order to slow integration, July 74 meeting of anti-busing new council, uh, a county neighborhood school association. Biden supported the anti-busing amendment to a federal bill. It's quote to uh, NBC News led the charge on an issue that that kept students away from the classrooms, black students away from the classrooms of white students. He supported that anti-busing amendment by the former Klansman, Robert K. Byrd, KKK Byrd. The same Robert Byrd that filibustered the historic 64 Civil Rights Act and the 65 Voting Rights Act. 77, still worried about integration. You know, worried that his kids will grow up in a, quote, racial jungle. He's lied about the support of the NAACP. He's lied about marching in the civil rights movement and protests. You know, he's the guy that used predators and, and the referral to inner city young kids in 1993. And then, you know, saying other things as well. You know, the same guy that said poor kids just as smart as white kids. Put you all back in chains. Got the first sort of mainstream African-American articulate, bright, and clean. Nice-looking guy. That's storybook. First mainstream African-American. That's storybook. Articulate, bright, and clean. 7-Eleven gaff. Now this is what he's saying today. He's under huge fire for this. And he should be. Interview aired with the, at the convention of the uh, National Association of Black Journalists, the National Association of Hispanic Journalists. Anyway, it's asked a question by somebody from NPR. Asked him if he would re-engage with Cuba as president. And then his answer is, you know, remember also the comment, you ain't black. He answers this question. By the way, what you all know, most people don't know. Unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is incredibly, incredibly diverse community. Huh? Listen. Yes, and by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. You go to Florida, you find a very different attitude about immigration in certain places than you do when you're in Arizona. So it's a very different, a very diverse community. What was that? Imagine if Donald Trump took all these positions on race over the, the course of his career. Praised a guy that filibustered the Civil Rights Act, Voting Rights Act. Uh, you know, used the term racial jungle, referring to integration issues of segregation integration of schools 
Imagine that. He flip-flopped during the same interview on the issue of eliminating the filibuster. I won't go into that one right now, but he actually flip-flopped. I don't think we have to, and by the end he was saying, yeah, I would support it. Like, huh? Talks about President Trump focusing on bringing jobs back to America. He claims those jobs are obsolete in America. Like, what? And we're doing what? What are we doing? Trump continues to focus on all those industries that are obsolete in America. Those jobs, they ain't coming back. It's exactly what Obama said. Under Trump, pre-coronavirus, they all came back. It's a problem. We're bringing even more manufacturing back after what happened with the Wuhan virus, the invisible enemy. Why wouldn't he debate Donald Trump before anybody casts a vote? America has a right to know. By the way, polls out by Zogby today, our pollsters are coming up. You know, dead heat in Florida, dead heat, Ohio, Pennsylvania, North Carolina. There's an interesting piece out in the American Thinker about the results in the primaries. You know, like all the results, guess what? Uh, the Donald Trump's primary results have been historic. Nobody ever talks about it in the media mob. U.S. weekly jobless claims uh, fall 1.19 million, the lowest level of the coronavirus pandemic. That's good news. And we're putting out the hot spots. Looks like the flattening of the curve, as we predicted, Arizona, Florida, California, Texas is occurring. And then you get an increase in deaths for a short period of time, but then you get a drop-off and then a precipitous dramatic decline if the pattern holds what happened in New York. Also working and all the progress we've made on therapeutics. And, of course, we're in final stage now, final stage trials for a coronavirus vaccine. That's all good news for we, the people. Because we need... You know, let's keep America healthy again, make America strong again, prosperous again. That's what's on the ballot. Keep telling everybody. And you're the ultimate jury. So you have this. I don't know what to make of all of this in terms of what the specifics are, but I'm going to tell you this part of it. You have the New York State Attorney General. Um, Is it... Letitia, I think I don't know how to say, it. yeah, James, uh, makes this major announcement today, announcing that you know she has now decided to sue the NRA, and you know, looking to put the most powerful gun advocacy. By the way, one of the most, also a political organization, like so many other, at they advocate for their their members. On our Second Amendment rights, you know, the, the right of the people to keep and to bear arms, our Second Amendment rights. And, yeah, they've said that Donald Trump is the most friendly president they've seen in their lifetime for the Second Amendment. And the timing of this, to me, just off the bat, before I even read it, said politics, just my gut instinct. And, you know, why now? 89 days before the election, 170 pages And here's my thought process on this. Okay, and listen, I don't know the attorney general in New York at all. But why now? Because we're at a point where New York City, where lawlessness 
We got thousands of officers hurt all around the country, so many of them in New York City. You have lawlessness all over New York. We've done one special report with our 2020 correspondent, Lawrence Jones, after another. You've got cops killed, 14 around the country. You've got the destruction of police property, attempts to take over police precincts, even in New York. You've got you know, a one-year-old shot in a stroller in a, in a park in Brooklyn, New York. Lawrence Jones interviewed the father and the grand, grandmother of this, this precious little child, nine-year-old boy. So sad. This can't happen. And, I'm, and it's happening in every city run by liberal Democrats. Anyway, apparently the suit is about an 18-month investigation about misspending, self-dealing allegations that roiled the NRA and its leader, I guess, Wayne LaPierre. I've, I've heard about this, read about this. You know, did they spend money on suits, maybe on conventions and things like that? I don't know anything about where their money goes. I just know that they're also have been fighting for our Second Amendment rights and hated by the media mob and Democrats forever. And I also know that they would probably plan on spending millions and millions of dollars on behalf of NRA members as it relates to the re-election efforts of Donald Trump, which all these liberal groups do and get away with. Well, where's the 18-month investigation into these groups, the Soros groups, for example? We investigating them? Anyway, the, to me, it's like an attempt to dissolve the NRA. That's what it looks like to me on the surface. And I would think that New York, with all the crime and the crime wave that's been unfolding, that they'd have more important things to do right now. Restoring law and order would be top priority if I was the Attorney General of New York. How much money was the NRA planning on spending on Donald Trump's reelection? I don't know anything about their finances. But when lives are in jeopardy, and the safety and security of New Yorkers are in jeopardy. This doesn't seem like a top priority to me. It, it just reeks of politics. And I never see this happen on the left. You ever notice that? Only happens to conservatives. You don't talk about Logan Act violations of liberals. Conservative, you're going to get arrested for jaywalking. Get arrested for an unpaid parking ticket. Now, if you can, I tell everybody I know, pay your taxes, pay them. Tell my guys every year, just pay it. They go, what about we can take this deduction? It's a legitimate deduction. They might question. I'm like, but pay it. I don't feel like dealing with this garbage in my life. Pay the money. Just as a percentage to pay so much money that I'm sure my file gets pulled every year anyway. But then they look how much I pay and they're like, Ugh, can't get him. They'd love to. If I jaywalk, they'll get me. Sad. I love Andrew Cuomo. Please, rich people, come back to New York. Please, pretty please. I'll, I'll make you a drink. I'll, I'll, I'll make you dinner. Well, that dinner and drink will cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars if you go back. You're going to save a fortune leaving New York City and state. But if you leave, don't bring your liberal policies with you. I need to get out of here. That's what I need. I need to get the hell out of here. They don't want me anyway. They'll be happy when I'm gone. Please clarify specifically, have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say to President Trump who brags about his test and makes your mental state an issue for voters? Well, 
If he can't figure out the difference between an elephant and a lion, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Did you watch that? Look, come on, man. I, I, I know you're trying to goad me, but I mean, I'm so forward looking to have an opportunity to sit with the president or stand with the president in debates. There can be plenty of time. And by the way, as I joke with him, you know, I, I shouldn't say it. I'm going to say something I don't. I, I probably shouldn't say. Anyway, I am. Uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical, mental, my physical as well as my mental fitness, and uh, to uh, you know to make a judgment about who I am. Yes, and by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know. Unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community. All right. Scary, if nothing else. Uh, there's Joe Biden. And you, you, you all, well, by the way, you know, most people maybe don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is incredibly an incredibly diverse community with in, incredibly diverse, uh, different attitudes about different things. By the way, come on, man. Come on, man. You, you, you just take a cane? Are you a junkie? Anyway, our pollster's back with us. Uh, a lot going on, obviously. John McLaughlin, uh, pollster strategist. Matt Towery, syndicated columnist and pollster. Uh, we've all noticed the, the president more dialed in, uh, certainly on COVID and a lot of other issues. And he's out there being president. Uh, Joe, uh, seems like the rigors, the slight new rigors of the campaign, as minor as they are, might be having an impact uh, welcome both of you back to the program. How big an issue does, before we get to polls, the state of the campaign, John McLaughlin, how how big an issue does the question about Biden's strength, stamina, even alertness, uh, mental acuity, uh, how big a story is that now becoming? It's, it's becoming more of a story, but the real story is his radical policies, because a lot of people thought Joe Biden, and most of his voters thought Joe Biden was going to stand up to the radicals and be the moderate in the party. And instead, they're seeing that, that he's being dictated to by Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Bernie Sanders. So this, the, 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 the mental uh, reservations that voters have about him now is a real concern because he's going to put policies in place that cost Americans millions of jobs, raise their taxes, open our borders, and just do sorts of terrible things that this is becoming the most important contrast election in probably since maybe 1864 or 1860. This is really critical to the future of the country. One other thing to add, Matt Towery, you know, just not that long ago, he bragged about it. Of course I've taken the test. I've, t- I've, I've taken the cognitive test over and over many, many times, he, he had said. And, you know, why the hell would I take a test? No, I haven't taken a test. Did he forget his answer from the last time? <laughs> well, I think this is a big issue, Sean. Um, and if you recall, a couple of weeks ago, we were all on the show, and I, we, we discussed the possibility that he might try to duck the debates. And, of course, since that time period, we've seen all these editorials and opinion columns and like trying to give him a reason why he should not debate. Now, I don't say that he's not going to debate, although I'm very nervous about this uh, commission on debates because it leans heavily left. And, and what, what little changes they might make here or there can make a big difference in the free flow of what takes place. I think his campaign is in a panic over his inability to articulate anything for, uh, that, that lasts more than 30 seconds. I mean, it is very, very clear. And you probably did the best imitation I've seen in a long time because you recounted the entire thing uh, word for word. He, he's having a real problem, and I don't know how they're going to deal with it. It's, it is a huge problem. 
when the American people finally see it, which, by the way, well, Matt, I'll add one thing. Most but, of the media. Yeah, go ahead. Because I because I also think that John hit the real big point, too. Um, let's say everything was 100 percent perfect. Problem now becomes this is the most radicalized candidate of a major party in our history. But Bolshevik Bernie socialism, AOC's new Green Deal, he's pledging trillions Bozo's, you know, his, his gun confiscation gar, uh, czar. I mean, it's scary. It is scary. And I, and I, and I think you're going to see another scary part because whoever he chooses is VP. And I'm not taking my eyes off of Susan Rice. I know that sounds like it would be crazy. I'm not either. Because nope. it, would get, it would get this, the base of the Republicans going like no tomorrow. But that would be Barack Obama's dream vice presidential candidate. And what he wants may be more important than what Biden wants. I actually agree with that, although I'm kind of leaning that he'll pick Kamala as expected, but I think it could be anybody, but I don't see anybody out there. Vice presidents historically don't impact presidential races all that much as long as they don't do that much harm. John McLaughlin. Well, I think his pick is going to compound the problem he's got, that he's not in control. He's in the basement in Delaware, and he's being dictated to by radicals. So if he picks somebody like Karen Bass, who thinks Bill Castro's a great guy, or Kamala Harris, who's from that left-wing California culture, um, who all favor big government and favor less freedom for us. By the way, Sean, congratulations on your new book, Thank Live you. Free or Die. The title is really about this election, and that's the stakes here, whether we're going to see a lot more big government or whether we're going to see our ability to keep our freedom and keep our country strong and safe. So you know, I uh, saw this coming, John. I saw it coming a year ago. I just didn't think they'd, that he would get this extreme and the choice would be this dramatic. It's never been as as big a choice election. And I just say their stated plans implemented destroys the country as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And that's why Trump is gaining in the polls. He is winning. I mean, when you look at those polls that you cited, where you've got, by the way, the Rasmussen Reports poll had its gained three in a week, and we're down three nationally. And that includes California and Illinois and New York. And then, and then uh, you've got the uh, uh, Hill-Harris poll has us uh, within three. That's what the popular vote was four years ago. And then you've got all these battleground states, whether it's Florida, Ohio, Pennsylvania. They have us up in, up in Iowa. The voters are seeing the same contrast you're seeing and saying, I have to vote for Trump. I may not like his style all the time, but I have to vote for him because I can't vote for these radicals. I think that's ultimately what it's going to come down to, uh, Matt Towery. And the question here is, and I, and I think I respect John Zogby as a pollster. I think we all do. And I think he's probably close to where this race really is. And, and John referred to a number of other polls. But how big of an unhidden, I'm sorry, how, how big of a hidden uh, Trump vote is there out there, people that will never tell you guys or any other pollster what they really think of who they're voting for. It's it's massive, and I think it's bigger than it was four years ago when the three of us were all talking about this uh, the last time. Uh, it, it has now become so difficult for someone to say that they're a supporter of Donald Trump that I find it very hard to believe that these live interviews, particularly that require so many cell phone interviews, have people telling the truth. And I think the president is, if you look at the numbers right now, uh, the president is about where he was uh, in the last election. And John, John made this point the last time we were on the air, that, that these numbers are pretty much a replay of what we saw in 2016. So if you consider the fact that maybe even less people are saying how they feel, the president might be doing even better. I want to make one other point with respect to your book. 
um, one of your big points is it's important to vote, but it's even more important to make sure that you tell other people and educate them about what's going on. And I think that's something that everyone needs to do in, in this election because we are being shut out. And we talk about it all the time, Sean. We're being shut out by other media organizations. That Biden story today, that's not up anywhere. The riots in Portland last night, you couldn't find it on most of the network, uh, their websites today. I mean, there is a deliberate effort to keep the public from knowing what's going on in order to try to help Joe Biden. Can Democrats. you imagine they're hiding the riots? Can you imagine that the mob will never talk about Joe Biden? And by the way, it's not just Biden, it's Pelosi, Schumer, even Hillary and Bill praising the guy that, that literally filibustered the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Uh, his position on on the issues of segregation, integration, talking about not wanting his kids related to integration in a racial jungle. Imagine if Donald Trump had done any of these things. I argue that the media is the biggest contributor to the Biden campaign that we've ever seen. John. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the media is selling the tank to this guy. And and by the way, part of the reason the Zogby polls and these other polls are coming out well is because they're actually doing likely voters where they're keeping Republicans over 30% of the electorate, unlike these terrible polls that were undercounting us adults, registered voters. They had Republicans way weighted down to only 24%, and they were trying to sandbag us so that we wouldn't come out. And by the way, if you ever think that the Democrats are worried about the polls, look at what they're doing in Nevada. They are trying to change the election laws to mail out a ballot to any registered voter ever and then allow campaign workers to, to harvest them. They're going to create all sorts of fraud going on there to try to steal Nevada. They are worried about losing Nevada right now. So, so right now, the, the Biden people are really worried about, will they keep their African-American vote? Will they keep their Hispanic vote? And, you know, he's, he's been embarrassed to say he's going to debate now, but he's not biting on an early debate. They're trying to bank votes before people even know how bad he is. These comments that he keeps making on race, I've given the history, and I'll probably go back to a lot of it tonight, but his history, you know, worried that his children would grow up in a, quote, racial jungle if integration is not done in an orderly way. What does he mean by that? Lies about the civil rights protests. Now, you ain't black more recently, supporting the guy that, filibustered the Civil Rights Act. I mean, it's unbelievable praising that guy uh, as his mentor and great for the Senate, blah, blah, blah. Um, the things that he said, you know, poor kids are just as smart as white kids. What he, we just played early, you know, we've been playing throughout the day, what he says to this reporter, what he said today is, you know, I, I frankly was shocked. I couldn't believe what I heard. You know, unlike the African-American co- community, uh, what most people don't know is the Latino community is incredibly diverse. I'm like, huh, Matt, what? I mean, does this now pile on to the point where people cannot ignore it in the media? Well, he, you know, anybody who's followed his career knows that Joe Biden has gone from one side to the other numerous times. So he, he, he was an affable politician on Capitol Hill. I worked in the Senate when he was a younger senator. For a period of time, and he was likable, and he was sometimes viewed as a moderate, sometimes viewed as a as a liberal. He'd go back and forth, but on issues like this, he's got this checkered collection of comments. And now, to our point earlier, his checkered collection of comments are devolving into comments that don't make sense, and have his handlers, the people running that campaign, just cringing every time he takes on something. I mean, he's correcting himself many times because he knows he's going to get in trouble if he says what's on his mind. 
because what's on his mind doesn't come out right. So I think, you know, if this were Donald Trump, they would be beating him to death today over just that one comment. Just the John one McLaughlin, comment. give you, and then we'll have final predictions. Well, I, I got to, I, I totally share Matt's view on this, but I'll tell you, it's like, you know, in a family, when, when, when grandpa or grandma gets older and you wonder if the, if the uh, uh, brain switch ever went off between the brain and the mouth, and they just say things that are coming up from, the, like you said, it's subconscious, but it's becoming conscious. Here's Biden saying these things, and, and like Matt said, if it was President Trump, they would be all over him. But right mm-hmm. now, they, they, they keep giving him a pass because he's going to pick an African-American woman as vice president. And I think a lot of people are going to look at that and say, that person could be president, so it better be a good pick. But on the other hand, it's not going to cover up a lot of these faults. All right, prediction time, 89 days out. Matt Towery, it is the night of November 3rd or early morning, November 4th. We can now project, finish the sentence. I'm easier predicting that your book is going to stay number one. (laughs) All right, thank you. By the way, I want to invite both of you at 6.30 tonight. Everybody's invited. You don't have to buy anything. We're doing a 2020 town hall. David Limbaugh will be interviewing me about Live Free or Die. But go ahead, prediction. We can now project. Okay, I'm going to throw you for another loop here where I talked about debate last time. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say they're going to project Donald Trump the winner. But I cannot guarantee you that the person he defeats in the end is Joe Biden. And I'm just going to say, remember the Thomas Eagleton situation of 1972? I'm not putting it past the Democrats to pull him out of this thing after he gets a nomination. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I know they're panicking right now because he cannot debate this president or it will be over. John McLaughlin, real quick. Run like your dogs. The campaign. All right, say it. We we lost you. All right, stop with the call waiting. All right, say it again. Now we are going. To, Donald Trump will win this race, but he's running like an underdog. And we will make sure that every day between now and election day, we are going after every vote possible. So, uh, uh, so it will be decisive. But we got to keep the underdog. Right. Hey, listen, act, my my advice: act like you're six points down. You got to march down the field, two minute drill, eighty yards, cross the plane, hit the extra point. And uh, that's the only way you can win. That's how urgent I feel about it. But thank you both, Matt Towery, John McLaughlin. What a what a day this has been for Biden. What a disaster. I mean, you know, first, let's, let's go back to yesterday when he freaks out on this reporter. And keep in mind now, we'll, you know, he's the guy that actually said, oh, yeah, of course I've taken a cognitive test. Of course I have. What are you talking about? Yeah, I've taken, I take them all the time. Have you been tested for some degree of cognitive decline? I've been tested and I'm constantly tested. Look, all you all I got to do is watch me and I can hardly wait to compare my cognitive capability to the cognitive capability of the man I'm running against. Okay, I'll take that bet. And if you feel that that confident, Joe, then well, guess what? Uh, why don't we have the first presidential debate scheduled for September 29th? Now, the president's offered you, they formally asked you for a fourth debate between the between the two of you. And it should be held early next month before any state starts sending out absentee ballots to uh, the American people. Let them see this matchup that you're so confident in before anybody votes. That would be fair for the American people. I'm tested. I'm constantly tested. Well, that's not what he said yesterday. Then he lost it. I mean, literally loses it on this poor reporter. You know, when asked if he's taken the cognitive test and he actually says he didn't listen. But please clarify specifically. Have you taken a cognitive? No, test? I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. 
That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say to President Trump who brags about his test and makes your mental state an issue for voters? Well, if he can't figure out the difference between an elephant and a lion, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Did you watch that? Look, come on, man. I, I, I know you're trying to goad me, but I mean, I'm so forward looking to have an opportunity to sit with the president or stand with the president in debates. There can be plenty of time. And by the way, as I joke with him, you know, it, I, I shouldn't say it. I'm going to say something I don't I, I probably shouldn't say. Anyway, I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness and uh, to, uh, you know, to make a judgment about who I am. Let's break this down. Come on, man. Come man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Wow. You know, if you take a test, uh, uh, cocaine, you take a test, you a junkie, man. Come on, man. I'm looking so forward to, you know, putting my cognitive, what did he, what did he say? Uh, my physical health and cognitive well, uh, my physical and mental, uh, uh, um, you know, fit, 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 fitness against Donald Trump's, you know, what? He doesn't know the difference between a elephant and a lion. Was he thinking about an elephant and a donkey? Linda, what is he thinking about the Democratic, you know, the symbol, right? The GOP elephant. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you, Sean. When, when I start to understand Joe Biden, I'm just going to leave the premises. Because if I start to make sense out of these things, I mean, something is wrong with me. I, yeah. I really, I truly don't. It's, I think it's really sad that like not a single, he doesn't have a single friend. He doesn't have one friend, not one person to say, Hey Joe, well, things working out too good for you, buddy. I think, I think it's time for you to say yeah, goodbye. I don't, I don't think it's working out good for him so far. I not mean, a single and, friend. It's his see, wife, now nobody. He's, Come on. He's finally, he's doing the lightest, you know, it's like a, a the most moderate campaigning ever. And but it's ridiculous. The days are a disaster. I the, mean, look at is, these verbates. Go yeah, ahead. It's, I mean, you make an excellent point. This is a man who's going to get up and talk to world leaders and give presentations in front of the UN. And, uh, you know, could you imagine if he was in charge of trying to get rid of Al Qaeda and Soleimani and, and dealing with, you, you know. Imagine with him sitting down with Putin. Let's start no. there. How about sitting down with China? Let's start there. You don't think they see what's going on here? And this guess what? Crazy. They don't they don't they're not a woke society that puts their head in the sand and they're not seeing the obvious. I mean, you know, he he says today, yeah, uh, people in this country illegally, you know, they they, they should have access to health care. He's already talked about amnesty. You know, what are we doing? Trump continues to focus on all those industries that are obsolete in America. You mean those manufacturing jobs that ain't coming back? In the same interview, he flip-flopped on eliminating the, the filibuster. He did this interview with the National Association of Black Journalists and Association of Hispanic Journalists, you know, and he goes on to say that um, if he agreed with Obama regarding ending the filibuster, and I don't think we have to. We're going to be able to pass that anyway. And then he said he expects Democrats to elect five or six new senators. And when he was told that that would not be enough to get the supermajority, to pass a new voting rights legislation, he said that with President Trump gone, more Republicans will be willing to vote their conscience without fear of retribution. 
which uh, you could provide the required number of votes. I just don't believe you're going to have this kind of resistance that we've had before. Uh, but when pressed on whether he does, in fact, disagree with Obama about getting rid of the filibuster, well, what I said was if, in fact, uh, and then he goes on to explain that he supports it. You do not agree with President Obama that getting rid of the filibuster is necessary. He described it as a relic of Jim Crow. What I said was that if, in fact, they are as obstreperous as is expected, we'd have to get rid of the filibuster. But the filibuster has also saved a lot of bad things from happening, too. So you're Mr. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, I, I'm sorry. I thought I'm on record as saying that if the Republicans, if there's no way to move other than getting rid of the filibuster, that's what we'll do. So now he supports getting rid of the filibuster when he just got done saying he's against it. I mean, you know, and then claiming these jobs are obsolete in America. I mean, it's scary. And he also in the same, you know, he keeps doing the same interviews. You know, illegal immigrants should have access to the same benefits everybody else has access to. Uh, Should undocumented immigrants also be able to get subsidized health care? If they are working in the United States of America and they are paying taxes, they should have access to health care. They should have have access to what everybody else has access to. And then maybe the whopper of all whoppers is when he goes on in this very same town hall. What most people don't know, by the way, and what you all know, what most people don't know is unlike the African-American community with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. I guess, is that the equivalent of you ain't black again? What is he saying here? Listen. Yes, and by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. You go to Florida, you find a very different attitude about immigration in certain places than you do when you're in Arizona. So it's a very different, a very diverse community. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. You ain't black? On top of his history of, you know, praising the guy that filibustered the Civil Rights Act of 1964 that he, I mean, really? The guy that talked about integration? This is Joe Biden. Imagine if Donald Trump said or did any of these things or praised people that that literally, literally filibustered the Civil Rights Act, Voting Rights Act, 64, 65, when it mattered. By the way, Republicans, they're the ones that uh, helped uh, make that landmark legislation happen. With Lyndon Johnson, the Democrat is president. You know, he supported an anti-busing amendment by, yep, Robert Byrd, the former Klansman. Worried his children about integration would grow up in a, quote, racial jungle. What? Integrating our schools? That's pretty insane. And then now the issue that we have to, you know, that I know the mob and the media, they talk about it privately. Trust me, they all do. You know that Democrats are like freaking out over this today. They know. You know, something not something's not right. I'm not a doctor. I'm not playing one on radio or TV. But something is off here. Uh, just my own simple observations that the guy that, you know, when he started out as vice president, pretty strong, rigorous, you know, he's lost it in terms of if he had a fastball, it's gone. If he had a changeup, that's gone, too. 
He had a slow pitch. That's gone. And he's he literally, even the four years since he's left office, he looks frail. And he looks like he needs a nap every five seconds. And he can't, you know, he doesn't know what day of the week it is sometimes. Doesn't know what office he's running for sometimes. I mean, it's it's insane. I'm, I'm starting to chronicle it because you need to know. All right. Oh, my buddy Mo the Liberal in Brooklyn, New York. Mo the Liberal in Brooklyn, New York. Sir, it has been far too long. How are you, my friend? I'm here. Can you hear me? I got you. How are you, sir? I'm wonderful, Sean. How you been? It's been three years since we spoke. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I In a weird way, I miss you, even though you've given me a hard time most of my career. Sean... You are uh, a very difficult human being. You're also uh, uh, the most dangerous man in America, more so oh even now. But I like you. What can I tell you? Can I ask you, why am I dangerous? Because I have a different opinion than yours? Sean, the world needs to move on. We need to move on. You're right. We need to move on and maintain liberty and freedom. You you want to adopt Bolshevik Bernie's economic plan, really? Do you want this new Green Deal trillions of dollars Biden's pledging to to spend? You wanna you want safe you think New York City's safe and secure under democratic rule? I don't. You want you know law I and order? In, I live in Brooklyn, man, and uh, New York City's doing fine. You know, you live out I was in Brooklyn on, fr- on Sunday, my friend. Yeah. And let me tell you something. New York City, it's an Adam Schiff show. You know uh, it, and I know it. <laughs> you know who passed away? My friend Pete Hamill passed away. Yesterday. I know. I saw that. I saw it. He was with the uh, everybody that I know that knew him loved him. Oh, yeah. He was a great man. Definitely a great man. I still and, don't uh, get why know. I'm dangerous, though, because I have a different view. You don't. You think I'm dangerous? Sean, the, the, uh, I'm not going to criticize the, the views and opinions you hold dear, but Sean, there's got to be a better way. We, we, we don't need this stuff. You know, the people who died of COVID had no health care. That's all I got to say. I was just out in Elmhurst, Queens, doing a job the other day, right in the epicenter of the deaths, a very dense neighborhood full of uh, people from India, China, everywhere, living in big apartments, and they, they wrote their death sentence. They have no proper health care. But Mo, I'm not going to argue Mo, with you. what happened to the great promise of Obamacare? Millions lost their doctors. Millions lost their plans. 40% of the country only has one Obama-Biden-Care exchange option. And the last thing I'll say to you, Bo, is that we're all paying 200% more. And I can't believe you'll double down on more government. You live in the more, the dumbest COVID decision came from your mayor, and came from your governor. Sad. But, Mo, great to hear your voice, my friend. God bless you always. And uh, please call more often. We miss you. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Don't forget our town hall, 630 Eastern. Just go to Hannity.com. 100% free meet interviewed by David Limbaugh about the election. Live free or die. And I mean it. America and the world is on the brink in 89 days. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. Thank you, by the way. You're launching the book at uh, number one. Uh, thank you so much. It's, uh, by the way, off 34% uh, discount today on Amazon.com, which is great. I, you know, I, I wrote it so people would read it. Uh, if you get one copy, you share it with 10 people. That'd be awesome. It's not, about, it's not about buying the book. It's the definitive guide, what is at stake. And either we're going to continue to be the greatest country God gave man, or we will be the generation Reagan warned about. When he said freedom's but one generation away from extinction. 
Uh, also, love to remind you that tonight, right after this radio program, 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific, uh, we have a, a town hall. You go to Hannity.com. You just click on the link. It's Everyone's invited, 100% free. And all of you are invited. And David Limbaugh will be interviewing me about Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink. And also, you can ask me questions, and we'll have fun. All right, so... But you don't have to buy a book. Just come and join us. Hang out with us. We'd love to have you. It's amazing how many people have been joining us online for these virtual events. Pretty amazing. Uh, all right. Let me go to the deep state. Let's go back to where Sally Yates was yesterday, starting with, well, if I knew now how hard it was to get that one answer, I would not have signed the FISA application. Now, I don't agree with Lindsey Graham necessarily that she's that he believed her, he said. Well, I I don't necessarily believe her. I'm a trust but verify guy. But the fact that she, like Rod Rosenstein, is saying, yeah, um, yeah, I knowing now, no, it was fraud on the court. By the way, the law would have required that immediately upon finding that out, she's supposed to go back to the court and tell the court. She hasn't done it as far as I know. Anyway, listen from yesterday. You signed that warrant application in October and January. Is that correct? That's right. Knowing now, knowing then what you know now, would you sign that application? Senator, I would never sign any document. So I take that to be a no, because that document was a fraud. Is that a fair statement? If you knew then what you know now, you wouldn't have signed it? I wouldn't sign anything that I knew to contain errors or omissions. Well, did that contain errors and omissions? Yeah, and I would never knowingly sign a document. Right. I, I didn't do that in the 27 years I was I believe you didn't know. I believe you didn't know that what you signed was wrong. The question is, if you had known, you wouldn't have signed it. Is that correct? No, if I had known that it contained incorrect information, I, I certainly wouldn't have signed it. Thank you. And do you agree with me it did contain incorrect information? I, I know that now based on the Horowitz report. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not Man, saying like, that you lied to the court. I'm saying you signed something that was a lie and you didn't know it. But did she? I don't know. I don't have an answer. By the way, Durham now set to interview John Brennan. Uh, this is breathtaking evidence now. Everything we've told you, that the dirty dossier that even Yates admit and Andrew McCabe admits, without that dirty, bought and paid for Russian misinformation dossier, they never would have gotten a single FISA application uh, denying Carter Page's civil liberties and constitutional rights to spy on candidate Trump all the way through and deep into his presidency. Pretty amazing. And that Jim Comey went rogue. Looks like Jim Comey uh, has become radioactive. As Lindsey Graham said to me last night, Greg Jarrett, we invite we welcome back Greg and uh, John Solomon, just the news dot com. Greg, witch hunt hoax two bestsellers on this. Uh, I, I don't believe her necessarily to you. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt till I know better, though. Well, either she's lying or she is profoundly incompetent. Look, I've been a lawyer for 40 years. I know. I know how warrant applications work. Uh, when you're the prosecutor and they stick a document in front of you, you have to ask questions. Did she ask any? No. Did she ask where the dossier came from? No. Did she demand to know who paid for it? No. Uh, if she had asked those tough questions, those important questions, she would have learned it was all funded by the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC, and a reasonable person would have dismissed it and tossed it in the garbage. She didn't. She used it. Uh, and, and she didn't have the decency yesterday to apologize to Carter Page, 
whose rights constitutionally were violated. His life was ruined. But, you know, to hear Sally Yates tell it yesterday, oh, gosh, she's the victim of all of James Comey and company's lies and malfeasance, uh, not Carter Page. You know, her behavior yesterday was absolutely disgraceful. She refused to own up to her own uh, inept and incompetent decision-makings. And the fact is, she was uh, a partisan. She was a holdover from the Obama administration. She's the one who marched over the White House and uh, urged Don McGahn and the vice president of Fire Flynn for lying when, in fact, the agents who interviewed Flynn said he did not lie. And so Sally Yates was equally rogue and corrupt as James Comey, Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok, and the whole gang. Yeah, John Solomon, three-plus years is what we've been doing, and uh, pretty (laughs) amazing. Again, more vindication for us and more damning information uh, for the deep state, for the mob and the media, and everybody else to push the Russia hoax lie. Uh, your reaction? Well, first, uh, Greg's analysis of yesterday is spot on. I couldn't have said it better myself. It's just remarkable what an, a spectacle it was to watch this bureaucrat not being able to own up to her own thing. And then throw Comey under the bus, which he uh, factually, the facts support what she said. He did go rogue. That's true. But she didn't own up to her own behavior or the behavior of all those others who signed their name to four applications that were patently false. And uh, Greg said something really profound that I think is so important. If she had just asked the FBI, she would have found out that Hillary Clinton was paid for it. That's absolutely true. Why do we know that? Because Christopher Seale just testified in his very first meeting with the FBI, July 5th, 2016, before the FISA was even conceived. He told them, Hillary Clinton's my ultimate client, and she's read in on this project. Sally Yates had blinders on all through this process, and so many of the other leaders in the Justice Department. It's shameful, and I think the American people walked away with that sense after watching the hearing yesterday. Let me ask Greg, uh, uh, and I want to know about, I'm going to tie this to the presidential campaign in a minute, but Greg, I did want to get your legal view on this case involving the NRA and the New York Attorney General um, as it relates to the NRA. Um and, you know, I find this amazing, 89 days before an election, probably the NRA would spend upwards, I guess, 70, $100 million in their effort to support Trump. Um, I look at the timing of this and I'm like, uh, it's more than suspicious to me. And I, I don't know anything about the finances of the NRA. Um, I know issues have come up about, you know, expenditures that might have been in question, but I don't know anything about what that's about. But it seems to me the timing is political, and there's all of these liberal groups. There's very few conservative groups that have as much impact as the NRA, but there's a ton of liberal ones, and I don't see the t- same type of scrutiny. And I would think the Attorney General of New York had more important things to do, like uh, maybe find uh, the people that are out there shooting up the streets of New York the way they are. Yeah, Latita James, formerly of the City Council of New York, a raging progressive liberal uh, leftist firebrand has been anti-Trump from the moment, uh, you know, she became New York State's uh, chief prosecutor. And and this nobody can look at this reasonably and say this is not uh, a political prosecution. And that will be demonstrated. Uh, you know, her evidence is is pretty weak. Uh, she she you know if she had her way there would be no guns in America at all, and uh, the Second Amendment would be repealed or nullified. 
And that's yeah. what this is. This that's what this is all about. And uh, her lawsuit will go nowhere. And and I'm happy to see, by the way, the NRA is now suing her. So good for them. Um, John, your take on it. I mean, let's look at the broader political picture. Let's talk. Well, in this sense, let me ask you the question about the deep state issue. I mean, how impactful will that be if this now comes to a head in September, like you're suggesting the Durham report will? Yeah, listen, I think the day of reckoning is going to be here in just a few weeks. I think it'll be around that Labor Day time frame we've been talking about. Will it be criminal charges? Will it be a report? Will there be people indicted? I think they're still to be determined. There's been a very serious, exhaustive criminal investigation going on. And here's something I'll throw into the wrench. In addition to Durham, I would keep a very close eye. In addition to Durham, I do think he's going to give birth to what we're, whatever he's found. I think we should keep a very close eye on John Dash, the U.S. attorney from Texas, who is very furiously and fast working on the unmasking and unlawful searching of Americans' records. Remember, that's the very first story that I came to you with, Sean, back in March of 17, that started it all. It's funny that at the end of this journey, we're going back and people are looking at that. I get the sense that they're uncovering some very troubling uh, behavior on unmasking and upstream searching of Americans' phone records that should not have been targeted. I'd keep an eye on both of those kind of coming into the public view at the beginning of uh, Labor Day or just after. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. So you think, is it in the form of the Durham uh, report? Because the attorney general had said that, no, this is a criminal investigation. I think that they have been working towards a criminal res- resolution of the case. I'm, it's not clear to me that a grand jury has or will hand up indictments. I've always been careful to say I'm a little dubious that this is going to be a widespread amount of indictments. But your confidence that it's heading in that direction is more than it's ever been. Certainly the activity I'm seeing looks like a criminal investigation that normally precedes an indictment or plea deal. But I have not seen evidence of an indictment or plea deal yet. Well, my interpretation of yesterday, Greg Jarrett, is that James Comey is viewed as toxic. And let's all circle the wagons around Obama and Biden. And if Comey goes gets thrown overboard, so be it. That's my interpretation. Well, that's a solid interpretation. Um, You know, I have said many times before and written this that, you know, the people who perpetrated the Russia hoax lied to Congress, lied to the American people. Uh, You know, are James Comey, Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok, and, and I would throw in, you know, John Brennan, the instigator of the hoax. And, you know, all of these people should be held criminally responsible. It's true that Durham's investigation uh, about a year ago uh, transformed into a criminal investigation, which suggests the use of a grand jury. And I hope they are using it. I hope there are indictments. I'd like to see them. Yeah, I'd like to see them, too. And I think if we do see it, I think this dramatically changes the race. How impactful would that be? Now, John, I've always said, how do we have a vote in 2020 when we don't know what the Democrats even did in 2016? The American people deserve to know now. Uh, I'm getting a little impatient and a little tired of waiting for John Durham. <laughs> I think we all are, but these investigations are complicated. And all signs that I've seen as a reporter is that Durham has run a very thorough, complete investigation. One thing to watch for, as uh, with John, with the word that John Brennan may soon be interviewed, some uh, the issue they're looking at with John Brennan is a little bit different than the FISA and all the things that are the FBI wrongdoing. Is did he create a false and misleading intelligence assessment? that the Russians were trying to help Trump when the evidence, in fact, cut against that in some question. The mm-hmm. thing to watch in the next couple of weeks, will evidence emerge from ODNI, Congress, and elsewhere 
that there was dissent on that issue, that what John Brennan said publicly, that everyone agreed on this, may not be true. That could potentially lead to false uh, uh, testimony charges. I think that's where John Durham's going with that part of the probe. All right. Well, no soon enough. Thank you. Uh, we really appreciate it. John Solomon and Greg Jarrett, 800 941 Uh Well, a little over an hour and about an hour, whatever, six, seven minutes now. Uh, you'll have an opportunity to join us uh, online. You just go to Hannity.com. I'm going to be interviewed by David Limbaugh. By the way, it's absolutely free. You just go online. It's, we're going to talk about the 2020 election. We're going to talk about every all any and all things. You can join in. You can ask questions. A thousand percent free, and uh, we really look uh, forward to doing this. Uh, Six thirty Eastern, just a little over an hour from right now. We'd love to have you join us, and uh, just go to Hannity dot com. You'll see the big link, and just click on it, and you're with us. And uh, I hope you can join us. We'll be talking about live free or die, America and the world on the brink, the election, and so much more. All right, live free or die. Uh, we have a live free or die town hall, absolutely free. You can join us. 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific. You go to Hannity.com, click on the Join Now button, and you're in. It's that simple. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to buy anything. David Limbaugh interviewing me about Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink. We're kind of roll, it's like a role reversal. Like It's been with a lot of my friends this week, and it's been really fun, actually. I enjoy it all. But what's cool about these virtual events is you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be seeing both of us and uh we'll be taking your questions anything you want uh if you haven't uh ordered your book it's available right now for immediate delivery if you just go to hannity.com amazon.com bookstores now everywhere if you're out and about this weekend and uh now that i've been doing all these virtual events linda's actually proposed something that we might do we haven't decided yet we might do we did the next Nixon Library, Reagan Library, Nixon Library tonight after TV, Reagan Library we did last night. It was great, and uh, I had so much fun. And uh, anyway, Linda's proposing that she be the interviewer. Well, and why, well, do you, think, why do you feel so strongly about this? I mean, listen, you know, if you thought Bill O'Reilly was a tough interview, I think... The cupcake, I, are we back to cupcake interviews again? Listen, I personally love cupcakes, so I think that we should send him lots of cupcakes, but that's another conversation. Um, but yeah, I think it would be a lot of fun for me to interview you and for people to get an opportunity to have me and you together, you know, and uh, and talk about it. You know, Reagan was great last night. We had lots of people getting online, you know, and I want to just send a shout out to all of our friends and partners, you know, everywhere that have been so kind in working with me and you and getting all these interviews together, you know, this virtual event space, this is new to everybody. You know, we're doing things for the first time. And you were the you one know, that came to me with the most passion about it. You were the, you were, this can work. And, and obviously you're a lot younger than me. So that's probably had something <laughs> to do with it. No, and, but it's, it's hard. It's hard to acclimate to this. You know, this is a big change to, to literally convert the IRLs or in real life events to virtual events and change everything and just uh, people are like, is this going to work? How can we do this? How can we all get together? And it's like, not only can you get together, but you can do it in your pajamas. Yes, I mean, please. That's the More amazing of that. Part. I mean, it's amazing. It really so is amazing. I think it's really cool. And, you know, people are, are definitely doing, you know, lots more of this with regular meetings. But we've just had so many awesome partners and um, everybody kind of helping out. But, yeah, I think it would be fun. I think maybe we'll do something next week. 
and uh, we'll do something well, why like do what you we're want, doing so, tonight. So you're like, threat, now I have to lose sleep again. Bill O'Reilly was telling me for a month, this is not going to be a cupcake interview, Hannity. It's not going to be like all these other interviews you're going to well, do. Well, mine's not going to be tough in that way. Mine's going to be like the zingers. You know, like I'm going to ask the questions. Oh, you're going to be. Uh, okay, listen, I can, we, I can. The uh, give and take is fine because we could yeah. talk all about it and we talk and, you know, yeah. tell we'll, everybody we'll talk, about, we'll talk we'll about like, coffee you know, and weird stuff. Like, did you ever wear braces? Yes, I did. I mean, why would you, you ask me a question like that? Yeah, of course I don't I know because it's fun. I mean, these are the things that people want to know about, right? Like the this is the Nobody guy that's wants writing to know a book. if I wore braces. The, okay, come first on. of all, everybody wants to know that. I want to know that. What well, was you a know, big these are hit one night? I started doing all the imitations that I I only I, I barely cut it with imitations as far as I'm concerned. Well, I and like the, the response to that. I like was the Godfather amazing. one. The Godfather one is my. You favorite, like that the most? You know? That's my favorite. <gasps> I want to say to everybody in this room tonight <laughs> that I will not break the peace we have made here together. I give you my word. Got to give a shout honor. out to Jason for the music. <laughs> yes, but I will say this. When my, when my son Michael comes back, if anything should befall him, uh, an accident of any kind, I will hold everybody in this room accountable. You really like That hurts my voice to do that one. It's the actually one really for hard. me is it, Bill Clinton. You oh, know, I I'm to, so sick of that I one. want to say hi to all the chicks. I hope you join us on our town hall, 630 Eastern tonight. Just click on Hannity.com, join now <laughs> button. We'd love to see you. I'll be, you'll be able to see me, and we can talk and chat a little bit after the uh, town hall. How do you, what do you say? Something um, tells me a virtual event with Bill Clinton would get real weird real quick. Yeah, that would get real weird. We're not having them. the same kind of event. Probably, there's probably some event. tape existing somewhere about <laughs> such things. I don't know. I, I read That's these so things. Wrong. You know, the funny thing is I read all these scandals on. I have to, like, ask my staff, what does this mean? Slick Willie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, who else? Do I, well, I love doing Rush, and and although I don't do him well. And Mark is like the great one, Mark Levin. When I do him on stage. It's always the biggest hit. Oh. So I always say to people, if you're friends with Mark Levin and we're best friends, I said, you don't need coffee in the morning. You don't need a wake-up call. 6.59, 7, latest 7.01, you're going to get a call. Did you read this, Chef? <laughs> <laughs> but it's I'll insane. say it. Nobody else will say it. There, you know the, I said the it. thing is, is Mark as a constitutional landmark attorney, oh, he's a genius. As, you know the the problem is that he's outraged because he knows the law. You know this is one of the things that we are all talking about every day. Is that you look when, when you're informed. It's very upsetting when you watch what's happening, and that's why we keep talking about live free or die and how important it is because. It is America and the world on the brink. I'm, We're uh, listen, this. Linda, I'm 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 scared to death in terms it's scary. of scary. But by the way, I'm not. Somebody asked this question. You know, if I have anything that I'm I'm afraid of, the answer is no. I think it was O'Reilly actually in my non cupcake interview. Mm-hmm. One of the two I gave him, mm-hmm. and uh, no, I don't fear. I only, I only thing I really you worry about. You're never going to ever stop worrying as long as you live. Now, Liam is, what, five now? Is four? Yeah, he turned five last week. Yeah, happy birthday to Liam. I didn't send a present yet, but my presents are so good that they're worth waiting for. It's quite all right. You're a little busy right now. The present is basically whatever you want, Liam, you got it. Um, (laughs) Just sort of like with Velma, I adopted my my adopted nephews. I heard wonderful children. Just so long as I don't have to go to Target with you again, I'm good to go. Okay. You want to tell that story? We go to Target to get a present for Liam, a choo-choo train. There's 40 choo-choo trains. Linda's looking at everyone, look at the price and target everyone. Finally, I get sick and tired of it. Me, sweet baby, James Gomez was with us. Said, Give me that cart over there. They go get a cart, and I threw every train in the cart, and I said, let's go. We're done. We're buying them all. 
Obnoxious. Was he not happy when you came home? I wasn't happy. I had to carry all that home on the Amtrak. Okay. Was he not ecstatic that he got 40 trains? Oh, yeah, he was thrilled. Of course. He was thrilled, of course. His mom was looking at, you know, which train should I pick? I'm like, That's what we do, you know. Okay, I don't have time to go shopping for 4,000 hours. (laughs) First of all, you weren't even invited. You just came. I was like, no, No, I'm good. You had to stop while we were all in the car dining at home. And so, okay, I agree. All right, we'll stop at Target. We got to get Liam a present. Let's get Liam a present. We all go in, and and, we're, and you are taking forever. When I used to do Daddy Daughter Day with my daughter, Daddy Daughter Day was great. She got no, to pick it wasn't one great. store. You, said, you think it's great. She Listen, this is now family lore in my family mm-hmm. because, uh, so anyway, I give her 10 minutes with any store she wants. She can get anything she wants in 10, 15 minutes max. Then the clock would go. I'd say, which store? Okay, ready, go. She'd go in there, and she's like a shopper like you. And I mean, this is the girl that when we go to dinner, and I say, uh, sweetheart, what do you want for dessert? Mm-hmm. She's like, no, Dad, I look, it's too expensive. I'm like, okay. <laughs> the steak that you just ate is a lot more expensive. I can afford the dessert. She's Get whatever you want. She's and uh, and then we, the only thing that made her change, and then we'd, we'd, I'd let her pick any place she wants to go eat, any restaurant, any place, Subway. For years, Subway. Ugh. And then I'm like, I kept reminding, we can go here, we can go here, we can go here. Subway, Daddy, Subway. So we did that, and uh, we always had, now we talk about it all the time. She learned, though, when I would take her friends and let them participate in Daddy Daughter Day. Well, the friends weren't stupid. How much? 10 minutes? Shopping cart, race around the place, wing everything into the cart until I go, your time is up. She learned after that. I could never do that. Oh, my God. Liam, I, I think Liam would literally be like, you know what, Mama, just give me one of each from the toy store. Because that's what that, kids do. You know, they, they go into a store. They don't, they don't even look at what they want. They just look at what they don't have. They're like, I want it. I'm like, you don't even want that. That's not even something you're interested in. Nah, the, you know what? It's the memories, the thoughts that count here. All right, let's Agreed. get a call in here. Um, don't forget, 6.30 tonight, Eastern Time. David Limbaugh, free for everybody. Uh, just go to Hannity.com. Click on the Join Now link. Um, let us say hi to Ron in Vegas. By the way, we keep hearing Nevada's in play. I hope so. Hope New Mexico is. Hope New Hampshire. I hope Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, <clears throat> Congressional District 2 in in Maine is also in play. How are you, sir? Good. Thank you, Sean, so much for having me on your, your show. Thank you. I just wanted to really give you a, a, what I, how I feel about this. Um, I think that President Trump is going to be a slam dunk winner. And I, I believe one of the mob media, Pelosi, Schumer, you can name them all. They're, they're just like Baghdad, Bob. And, and they, they, they're running scared. I think they know that they cannot beat this guy. That's why they, they're relentless with him. And they do not let him up. They don't give him credit for anything. But out on the street, there is zero, zero excitement for Biden. I don't hear not even a word. And I own a home in two different states, not in either place. So I just wanted to kind of ease your fears. I believe it's going to be huge that he's going to win by. Uh, I don't have that same thought process. I just I can't allow myself to go where you are. I could think logically and give you my logical, you know, political analysis. Has Donald Trump lost the voters that he had in 2016? I do not believe he has. I hope not. I don't think he has, though. His enthusiasm great if not greater it's greater in my opinion then the question is well what about these swing voters Uh, do they really does america really want as president a guy that is as frail as joe biden 
America's going to have to answer that question. Does America want a president that says the police have become the enemy and doesn't say a word about the thousands of cops injured and those killed and the nightly rioting by anarchists, even taking over cities and precincts, et cetera? America doesn't want that. I don't think anybody in America does. So I think they want law and order and safety and security. I do believe we're making great progress. We, we know we're making great progress. We're in final uh, phase trials for a vaccine. Thank God. Operation President Trump's initiative, Operation Warp Speed. Then the question is, it's going to be a choice. Do you want higher or lower taxes? Who do you want on the Supreme Court? You know, do, do you want to get rid of the Electoral College? And, and do you want to jam the Supreme Court with justices and pack the courts with those that will legislate from the bench? Do you want open borders as Biden's out there advocating for today? Uh, do you, or United Sanctuary States of America, or do you want secure borders? Do you want energy independence? Or do you want to destroy the lifeblood of the world's economy and with it tens of millions of high-paying career jobs? You know, all of this is in play. Do you want a foreign policy of peace through strength that beats the Caliphate, Soleimani, and Baghdadi and Associates, and the Al-Qaeda leader in Yemen? Uh, or do you want the guy that's going to drop $150 billion in cash and other currency on the tarmac in Iran? Who do you think's better off at dealing with China and, and Russia and North Korea? Trump or Biden? Who do you think's better or whose foreign policy is better? Who do you think's going to negotiate better trade deals? You know, who's who kept his word in, in terms of ending the burdensome bureaucracy? That's the choice. That's the live free part of my brand new book or die part is we're going to take the greatest wealth creating system in the history of mankind and turn it upside down on its head. And then we're going to destroy it. And we have advanced the human condition more than any other society in the history of mankind because of liberty and freedom. That's on the ballot. Capitalism on the ballot. Free markets on the ballot. Safety on the ballot. Government you know, influence in our life on the ballot. The socialist utopia will become a statist, you know, tyrannical nightmare hell like it's always become. That's my answer. So I, I say this. I'll say this last one more time. It's this. It's the two minute mark. You have no timeouts. You're on your own 20. You got to march down the field 80 yards, cross the plane, kick the extra point to win. That's how I'm viewing it. I am viewing this as the most crucial and critical election in our lifetime and freedom itself is on the ballot. And I don't want to be the generation, you know, that puts freedom in extension. All right. Don't forget right after this show, six 30 Eastern three 30 Pacific, just go to Hannity.com. Click on the join now button. All right. That's going to wrap things up for today. Don't forget a half hour from now, 630 Eastern, 330 Pacific today, a live town hall hosted by my good friend David Limbaugh. And uh, we're going to talk about all things 2020. Uh, my new book, Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink. It's free. No purchase necessary. If you want to get uh, Live Free or Die, haven't gotten it yet right now, Amazon has 34% off, Amazon.com. We also have the audiobook version. I read the whole book myself. Most authors do not. Uh, or if you want to download it on Amazon, you can do that too, Kindle, whatever. Uh, anyway, so we'll do that. We'll reconvene in a little over 30 minutes now. Eric Trump, Sarah Sanders, Dan Bongino, uh, also 
uh, Rick Grinnell tonight, Greg Jarrett, Leo, and Larry. 9 Eastern, set your DVR. See you tonight at 9. See you hopefully all at 630hannity.com. It's absolutely free. Go to the Hannity.com and you click on the Join Now button. See you then. See you tonight. See you back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us.